you're going to a game. Let's say you're going to a game. You show up, and you see the huge line uh, to get in. And we naturally, every one of us goes up to the front. Hey, man, how long is the line? How long's your wait? And the guy in the front's always like, "Oh, it's not bad." Well, that's because he's in the front, right? To him, it's not bad. Then you you walk towards the back and you see everybody waiting, and you get in the back and you're like, "Man, why can't they open up another line, another gate?" I relate this to life. There will always be people who got there earlier, but remember, there will always be people who show up behind you. No matter where you're at in the line, it's your job to pass that confidence from the front to the person behind you and help them see what it'll look like when you get there. So as you're building your dreams, remember somebody's trying to build theirs, and they're way far behind you in the back of that line. So remember to help them; they just need help. Welcome to the In Factor conversations about how great entrepreneurs started, stumbled, and succeeded. I'm Rebecca White, and joining me today is Tampa Bay entrepreneur Adam Labadee. Adam is the owner and CEO of the Arch Cart Sanitizer. In unprecedented times where we are experiencing a global pandemic, Adam has created a possible solution for a safer shopping experience: an automated arch-designed apparatus for sanitizing grocery and medical carts by using EPA-approved chemicals. That kill viruses like COVID-19. I'm excited to have the chance to discuss more about his plans for this company and just how he got from concept design to readiness for market in under six months. I hope you enjoy this episode. Adam, thanks for joining me today on Infactor. It's exciting to have you with me. Thank you. I'm grateful for the opportunity.、It、means a lot. Well, Love so. To tell Yeah, so you're、uh, born in Tampa here, I think, and spent a lot of your life here, and then moved to Denver, and just recently you've started a company called Arch Cart Sanitizers, and it's very timely. We're right,、um, <laughs> what six months, or I don't know, it feels like an eternity into a pandemic. Pandemic. Twenty twenty's been tough, and we're in, into September, so it's been it's been a, a tough few months. But so one might think this brand new company, which focuses on I think sanitizing grocery carts, came out of this whole concept. But I believe you were working on this maybe before this、uh, COVID nineteen. So tell us the story of Arch Cart. Yeah, absolutely. So me being a Floridian, I'm a water guy. I love diving, swimming. And I would go down and spearfish, and just going out in the morning, you see trash kind of floating up on the surface, and it always bothered me. I don't know. I kind of had this thing that would just—I felt like that's my responsibility right there. I seeing that, and so I can remember I went diving maybe a day or two before, and then in an afternoon I walked through the right-hand door of a Publix grocery store, and I watched the wife grab. Their wipes were always there on the left. I watched her grab two or three of them. And then within seconds, and, and normal because I have two kids. Within seconds, she threw them away in the trash, and my my mind it just immediately grabbed me. I said, "All right, there's got to be a better way to do this. <laughs> this is not good. Like this, these wipes will never be used again." And so I immediately I'm looking in the trash can, and I see it's about three quarters of the way full of these wipes. I thought, "Wow, this is a plastic bag." Full of plastic wipes because there's actually plastic rolled into those, and they're just going to be thrown away. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way. So I let the wife go through shopping, and I went 
And this is about six years ago. I went to the store manager at the time and I said, hey, you know, can I ask you some questions? How many wipes do you go through? So I started picking his brain, told him what I was thinking. I said, hey, look, I've got an idea to maybe make this a little better. And we started brainstorming right there. He gave me the time. We took about 10 minutes and I gave him, he gave me great direction. So I called up a welder friend of mine and said, hey, I want to build this unit. Can you come help me out? And so him and his brother came outside of my apartment at the time and actually fabricated like this structure. And I look back and laugh, you know, and, and I actually had lunch with my buddy the other day and we kind of had a good giggle because now he sees where I'm at today versus what we had then. And, right. you know, naive, naive is a great thing. And so it was six years ago that I started this journey. And fast forward, I let that go. And I'll tell you a little bit about how I come back to my ideas a little later, but I let that go. And in the past year, I went and worked for somebody else. But uh, in the past year, almost two years, I've been an industrial distribution consultant, owning my own business. Mm -hmm. was doing great. Had happy clients, happy wife, and COVID hit. Like most companies, you know, I got the call. Hey, we're eliminating the contract. We're eliminating a lot of our own positions. We can't keep you. doesn't justify. And that was it. Yeah, like a lot of people had a tough time. Yeah, so so what happened then? Yeah, so reverse back to maybe March, February, March. Two weeks go by of being unemployed. I'm not somebody that sits still. And the wife sees me walk around the house, you know, after I, I go bike ride all day, every day. I'm just bored. I'm tinking around the house. And she sees on somebody on TV or on YouTube or one of the, one of the medias, she sees, Somebody physically dipping, holding a card apparatus, physically dipping entire carts into a vat of chemical out front of a store. Wow. And she's like, you got to see this. Like, this is just craziness. And so she asked me, she looks me right in the eyes and says, do you still have your drawings for your design? And every time I have a wild idea or adventure, invention idea that I come up with, I, I try and draw it out. And then I put them in a file, the file of, Maybe these are good, maybe these are not. So I have a whole, draw, a whole drawing file over the years. This is my own vetting process. So that way I don't just act immediately on what I thought was a great idea and maybe not. Mm-hmm. And so I answered yes. And so I, I jumped to it. I said, hey, look, before we go down this path, you know it's going to cost money. How much, what's my budget? And at the time, financially, I was doing just fine. So she said five grand. She gave me five grand to run with. And that was the goal, to get a prototype under $5,000. So I'd get up at 6 a.m., work all day. In the evening, she would make me this new whipped coffee drink that she found on the internet. And I would work until, the, work until two or three every morning. And I still do. And as I was going down this path, I realized my goal was directly to eliminate the wipes. And I need to understand what sustainability meant as I looked that up. And so I also, I realized if I was going to challenge the status quo, which is the grocery cart, your grocers providing wipes. I really needed a good alternative that would be cost competitive to those wipes, simple, easy to use, and innovative. So one thing I like to do is look at patents. I started doing my research, Yeah. looked at all the past patents, and analyzed them. I printed them all up. must have had 60 to 100 pages. I'm not the only one to think this idea. I know entrepreneurs tend to think we're innovators all the time, but sometimes we're not, right? Other people may have got to it earlier. And I wanted to understand why those products have come to the market but failed, or they maybe never made it to the market. And there was plenty of them that had provided patents and never once came to the market. Right, right. Once I had an idea, I finished drawing it all out and how I was going to go to market. I got with my patent attorney and said, hey, let's submit a provisional and allowed me to open up to really start the process. So naturally, 
Go ahead. Sorry. So I was going to say that, you know, great stories so far, especially, you know, we were talking before about how many of our listeners are students and, and nascent entrepreneurs, people who want to be entrepreneurial. But I like your story for a lot of different reasons. Timing is so important, isn't it? And I love your idea of the notebook because sometimes the timing is, is the whole key to whether or not you're going to be able to launch something. And, and the other piece that I really like in your story is your research, because, you know, that's one of the things I, it's interesting because a lot of people come to me and with ideas of businesses they want to launch, you know, and they're like, nobody's sure. ever done this before. And, you know, a five minute, <laughs> five minute internet search and you can find two or three others <laughs> like it. So both really great. So timing. Uh, so you, you'd been working on this for, for several years. And I, I, the sustainability piece is also important. Now, I also love the water. We're boaters, my husband and I. And, there you go. and so, yeah. you know, it, it's very concerning. We live on the water too. And we always laugh about how we get gifts from the sea that wash up, you know, unfortunately, yeah. too much of it is trash. So, so you yeah, had an idea uh, to solve a problem and interestingly, it's now become even more important. So tell us how this, this cart works. Is it, is it, does it use, is it like so many other things out there that uses UV lighting? I mean, I saw a picture of sure, it. Sure, yeah. 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 So back to the idea, naturally, entrepreneurs are optimistic personality-wise. Right. <laughs> all of our ideas are the best. Sure, nobody else has thought of it before. So that's kind of a weakness. I had to realize when I was younger, uh, well, I started my first business when I was 21, and I had to realize that earlier that not all my ideas are the best. I'm not the smartest guy in the room, and I don't want to be anymore. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. The idea and what I looked at past patents is I wanted to understand the weaknesses. I want to understand the failure points. Everything has its strengths and weaknesses. For instance, you mentioned UV light. UV light has been around for a long time. It's a great solution. However, if I'm a grocery store, my space is limited in the front. The cost of a UV light solution is much higher than my solution, and it requires the time. So if you're in a busy season and you're waiting a minute for these carts to sit in there, you lost the customer waiting yep. to grab that cart. Yep. Good point. And so the final thing when I started to, to understand the UVC, which is the light that comes out, is it destroys plastic. So I called up because I thought maybe I'll integrate the two technologies. I called up some plastic manufacturers because large grocers, some of them have plastic, the, you know, the handles are plastic. What is the impact of those? And I've got some amazing stories and details that really helped me. And I just told them what I was up to. And they said, hey, look, here's the downsides to it. And it really helped guide my decision making and just being open with people and telling them what I was up to. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the other things that I heard you talking about is customer experience. So you had to figure out what the customer experience was going to be, right? As you were developing this. I tried, I did. I wanted to, right now, the whites are responsible of the customer prior to the pandemic, or reverse prior to the pandemic. The wiping of a grocery cart was responsibility of the customer. And yet that's kind of the dirtiest thing in a grocery store when they do testing. I thought that always kind of like odd, right? So yet the dirtiest thing in a grocery store is not the cleanest that they, they're cleaning for you. So I thought that was kind of weird. But I think that's where grocers naturally, they're their own customers. And so when I could ask customer feedback or build out the image of what a customer would perceive my product, 
I wanted to ask people who were in the industry. So I started reaching out to people. I went up to the front of grocery stores, asked cart attendants. I started asking people around me, how would you imagine something looking at the front of a store? I took a ton of photos in the front of stores. So that way I could understand the aesthetics of what a front of a grocery store would look like. And that helped me decide size of scope of my product. It helped me decide a height, a doorway opening, and helped me build out the size of it. Yeah, well, that, that, yeah, I mean, that informs every step of the way, right? And, you know, too many stories of going ahead and building products, putting it out there, and then finding out all the stuff that you were finding out as you were, as you were testing it along the way. So you've gone, so this was all in March, and we're now in September. So <laughs> you've gone from unemployed to, you know, staying up all night working, so, which is, you know, typical entrepreneur. So yeah, that's all right. Where are you now with the company and what's the status? So where we're at today, I have, we continue to do testing of the product and we're making some final design changes based off of customer feedback, more customer feedback. I was open with our customers and saying where we were at in the business process. You know, I told them, Hey, look, we're not ready for production today, but here's how we would do production. And here's, we would like some feedback. And a couple of them stepped up some great, partners have stepped up and said, hey, here's how we would like to see it. And here's the challenges we perceive. So a couple of them sent me carpet to test for the chemical. A couple of them asked about, you know, can your product sustain 50 carts at a time? So today we're taking out, we gathered all that feedback and we actually made some design changes and we're about 30 to maybe 40 days out from sending out demo models to the stores who have requested, Mm -hmm. which is exciting because they're that interested. They're that committed to the process that they want to demo. They're saying, hey, get it to me when you're ready and we'll set it up in our store and go from there. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's, uh, that's what you need, right? No matter, even if you're building software, Absolutely. if you're building a product, you got to get it in the customer's hand and, hands and get some feedback. So, you know, one of the things that I have been really interested in is the whole entrepreneurial journey and being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. myself, <laughs> Working with lots of entrepreneurs, I see that failure and resilience and persistence is is a common theme uh, during the entrepreneurial journey and as in all entrepreneurial stories I hear. So you've started several companies and you're an inventor, it sounds like, because you've got lots of product ideas. Have you had experiences with failure? Would you talk a little about that and how you, uh, mm-hmm. you know, is persistence and resilience a part of your DNA? Have you learned, learned to, <laughs> to deal with failure along Ooh. the way? <laughs> oh, man, do I love failure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll reverse course a second and tell you. So I went to school to be a Mercedes mechanic, spent the money, go to school, and was fired from the job. I misdiagnosed a car. And really, my heart wasn't in it and realized, okay, that's not where I need to be in life. On to the next journey. Then I went to learn how to do sales and continued my journey in sales. Every time I've had failure, I just, my back's against the wall. You figure out what to do next. A good example, even prior to COVID happening, I went to Denver for a specific, to run a specific part of a business for a large industrial distributor. We were crushing it. We were doing what I expected, you know, higher than expectations, but the business strategy changed and they no longer needed my position. Once again, 
out of a job. So you tend to find yourself and you just have to be the resilient. You have to figure out what's next. Even in this journey, you know, there was a, a point probably a month in and my wife is a big supporter of me. She supported me. She's the one that told me to go do it. And she goes, oh, well, if, if it was me, I would already given up. And that crushed me. It crushed me because it was coming from the wife. And I realized, okay, am I missing something? Do I need to self-assess a little better? And that kind of took me down a journey to self-assess my decision-making and the route I was going. And so I didn't take it as a bad thing. I took it as a good thing. So that became one of my pillars is to protect the golden hours. As you're finding your failures and you're continuing to try and innovate yourself, protect the golden hours. And what I mean by golden hours is not the eight to five. I mean the time with the family because they're your biggest cheerleaders. They're friends. They're your biggest cheerleaders. They're going to give you that honest feedback. And sometimes it's not what you want to hear. And sometimes they make you stop dead in your tracks and give you that strength or that determine that challenge. So the failures have been a part of my life. I just like the Kool-Aid man, I just run through some walls yeah. and try to figure out how to keep moving. Well, it sounds like each time you get back up and that's key, right? You get back up and you get back at it and you take something from each, each experience. You know, I tell my students that entrepreneurship is, I like yoga and that it's a lot like yoga. You don't perfect it. You just show up every day and you do your best <laughs> and you learn. And Absolutely. Yeah. So you've, you've taken plenty of risks. You moved to Denver. You've done, you've done a lot of different things. How do you manage or decide which risks are worth going after? Yeah. So I look at a couple of different, different strategies. First, I want to understand what is the impact of my family? Because that's my most important right now, right? What is that impact? If I take a risk now, is it financial loss? Is it stress on the wife? You know, when the wife tells you that, you know, you're working too hard and, and, and she's there, right? She's, she's, she said, I've never seen you so focused. And I am, I'm very focused. It costs time. So you have to sacrifice. And when you take those risks, I think we naturally want to err on the side of the lower side. We're like, oh, well, we're just going to do it on the nights and weekends. We're going to get this business moving. And we tend to oversell our own mind, our own selves. And we're like, oh, yeah, it'll be great. We're just going to have a million-dollar business tomorrow. And our budget is $5,000. And then you're $15,000 in, and you're 80 hours a week, and you're like, uh-oh. Hmm. And so <laughs> just kind of comes with it. <laughs> yeah. I think you, know, you just – Yeah, you set priorities, you I guess, all, right? You know, and yeah. You set priorities, and you – Try to try to you know make decisions based on that. That that makes a lot of sense, and it's clear as I'm listening to you talk that you've prioritized family, but that you're also extremely and excited about this opportunity. So I guess your research has given you a lot of insight, and the 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 environment that we're in right now makes it more timely. I think that helps for sure when you have a good circle around you, and not everybody's fortunate enough to have that. I think if you're at a job today and you're burnt out and you're trying to figure out how to see the other side, just know that you're growing. Right now you're growing and keep growing. I think that's where 
my personal challenge has been, is I had a business at 21. I invented a billboard that pulled down a bicycle. I had a couple very satisfied clients. And I started to assess the business. And this is where I look at escalation of commitment. You'll, you know, you said you teach classes. This is one where I think a lot of people fail. They continue to escalate commitment towards the wrong direction right. or towards something that is a failure. And I had to self-assess and I had to look at, okay, if I were to scale this business, what does it look like? And I realized that I was going to be putting people's lives at risk by riding on the sidewalk. When I'm a cyclist myself, I know I've had plenty of cars cut me off and almost get hit. And I just didn't see it. I didn't see the bigger picture as a scalable, a safe, scalable business that I could tell people to go out and do. So I ended the business and I went and took a job with somebody else. And it was a great move. It hurts your pride. And sometimes when you're down in the ditches, you can't see the top of the mountain. It's hard. It's hard to understand. And I think patience over time has taught me to wait my turn. I'm growing. And I've had some horrible bosses. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've had great bosses, right? So every one bad boss, I've had five great ones. So I can't complain. I've learned from both of them. Right. So really grateful in that aspect. Yeah, that's really, really great advice. I love that, that philosophy because you're right. And we tend to do our, our most, we grow the most often through some of those challenging times. So that patience, and for many entrepreneurs, patience is a hard thing to have. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's good that you recognize it and you're aware of it. I'll raise my hand. I'll raise my hand. Yes, that's me. <laughs> that's so, me. What do you mean I'm not a millionaire? Yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah. So you're from Tampa Bay originally. We're, I'm, I'm here in Tampa Bay with you right now, even though we're, we're on our computers with Zoom. But, and you spent some time in Denver. And I'm just interested in your thoughts about Tampa Bay as a place to start and grow companies. Have you been able to find support here? And, and were there any challenges that you think companies face trying to start companies here or that you've faced? Good question. So I was eva- as I was evaluating a P&L, part, you know, profit and loss statement and trying to evaluate the business and project out the business, I wanted to evaluate obviously for tax incentives or where more cost-effective operated business. Mm-hmm. Denver has a higher tax rate. Cost of labor there is much higher, probably more than double. Benefits are much higher. Now there's benefits of being in the center of the country, but I felt like Tampa was my place to be. I felt like the finances added up and Tampa, there's very something special about it. I've, I'm very fortunate. I've traveled to 42 different states and stayed overnight in over 42 different states. And every time I tell somebody I'm from Tampa, they have this fantastic story about how they went there on vacation or their family lives here. Or, and I just felt that Tampa culturally was a better fit for my business. Eventually, I want to go into Latin America. I want to grow in Central and Southern America. And that's important for my business to be here. I think the only challenge, and in the future, if I need to, guess what? I can set up manufacturing in Denver or ship anywhere. UPS ships everywhere in the world, right? That's right. The only challenge I found when trying to assess it was the supply chain. Mm -hmm. Yes, we're in the Southeast, you know, we're, and so you have to just plan ahead for your supply chain or proper planning, you know, lead times, then you're okay. Shouldn't have to worry about that. Two, an extra day going to the east side of the country is not going to make a difference. But I feel like Tampa is set up as a city that is continuously growing and looking to be innovative in what they do. And it's a great place to live. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that too loud because then I won't be able to afford to live here really soon. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a I, wonderful place to be. 
I did hear the other day, I find it hard to believe, but I did hear that, especially in more recent times, that a thousand people are moving to Florida a day. So I, traffic's already, <laughs> I've been here 10 years and it's gotten worse and I know it's getting, it's getting worse, but I, I agree with you. It's uh, it, it's, it's a good place to be. And I know there's a lot of energy and enthusiasm for startups and, and we're starting to see people in the Tampa Bay region interested in investing in startups. And so I think, you know, and, and a community of like-minded people. So, and, and you You're point right. out all the tax issues and that can be the financial issues at the, at the end of the day, every entrepreneur has to know their numbers, right? <laughs> sure. Who wants to pay 4.6% state tax in, in Colorado? I don't. <laughs> yeah. So really exciting hearing your story, Adam. I'm, I can't wait to hear where it goes. What, what's next for you and, and arch cart sanitizers? What are you work, What's keeping you up right now? What are you working on? Deciding if I should take investors or not, actually. So this is a topic that, like you said, Tampa has become a city where people are willing to invest in the future. People are willing to invest in entrepreneurs here. And with the news articles that came out, I've had a lot of people reach out to me. And I'm extremely grateful and humbled by that. A lot of people see the vision for the product. They know the demand. And that's what's keeping me up, trying to decide if I should give up a piece of my business now and take the money and grow the business or wait till one of these customers signs a, an agreement to move forward. So yeah, that's what's keeping me up today. Yeah, that, <laughs> so that's it. It's not an easy decision. It is. It, it's a tough decision. In fact, I'm, I'm teaching a class this that's all day tomorrow and we're going to be talking about those very, those very questions, you know, when to take money, how much to take and, and how to structure it. And that's, that's a, it, you know, it's a great problem in many ways to have because sure. you know, a lot of entrepreneurs think that it's money that's keeping them from success, but that's usually not mm. the case. When you've got a, a concept, there's usually money. So, but good luck with you as you make those decisions. And as you, you finish out the product design and testing, I'll be looking forward to seeing it in our local stores. And uh, before we go, I always like to ask our guests if they have one piece of advice that they could leave with our listeners what would it be? Mm -hmm. All right. So I have a couple pieces. One of them is from my daughter who's five years old. <laughs> <laughs> I always learn from my kids. Yeah. Oh, I, I've learned <laughs> they know, to talk they know my me kids. best. <laughs> she was at dinner and she told my sister and her kids, she said, you need to chase your dreams, not someone else's. Wow. And so she wants to be a waitress. She doesn't <laughs> want to run daddy's businesses. She wants to be a waitress. And so I try and encourage her to be a waitress. We let her practice at the dinner table. And that's what she wants to do. Then that's fantastic. Another thing is continue to work on your weaknesses. When you get to maturity level in your life where you can self-assess constantly and get quicker with it to learn your failure point, you're going to be stronger. And it's okay to say your failure points. You have a ton of people around you, whether you realize or not, that'll help you. People naturally want to help. And the final I'll leave you with is kind of a metaphor. I'll give you an example. Tim Bay Bucks. You're going to a game. Let's say you're going to a game. You show up and you see the huge line to get in. And we naturally, every one of us goes up to the front. Hey, man, how long is the line? How long is your wait? And the guy in the front's always like, oh, it's not bad. Well, that's because he's in the front, right? To him, it's not bad. Then you, you walk towards the back and you see everybody waiting. 
and you get in the back and you're like, man, why can't they open up another line or another gate? I relate this to life. There will always be people who got there earlier. But remember, there will always be people who show up behind you. No matter where you're at in the line, it's your job to pass that confidence from the front to the person behind you and help them see what it'll look like when you get there. So as you're building your dreams, remember, somebody's trying to build theirs, and they're way far behind you in the back of that line. So remember to help them. They just need help. Great advice. I love that. And on that note, thank you for sharing your story today because I know a lot of uh, entrepreneurs are going to be listening and taking away some great nuggets to help them get through their entrepreneurial journeys. So Adam, again, it's been a delight to talk to you and to learn more about your, you uh, your product. And let's make a date to get back together after you get this thing launched and on the market because I'm sure you're going to have some more there's going to be more to this story. So I'd love to have you back down the road to kind of talk about what happened. We'll be grateful for the opportunity. I appreciate you taking the time. I'm excited. Hopefully this business six months from now looks drastically different. Yeah. It'll it'll be fun to see. It'll be fun to see. So if, if anybody wants to find you or find out more about your company, how can they find you and your company online? Sure. Arch clean.com a-r-c-h clean c-l-e-a-n and then arch cart sanitizer on all the social media from there all right thank you Adam. sanitizer arch cart sanitizer all right we'll check it out and hopefully we'll all be seeing it at our local grocery stores soon adam thank you again thank you for the time absolutely have a great day